traversing the fields of geekdom. How about you? Uh, it... Climbing the mountain of pop culture. Who wants to play video games? Oh. And defeating the dark lord of social media. It's The Geek Show on 1470 and 100.3 WMBD. Yes, welcome to The Geek Show. I'm your host, Corey Wara. The Geek Show is brought to you by Mega Replay. Peoria's best place to buy, sell, and trade movies, music, video games, video game systems, and electronics. You can visit them at the Metro Center or on Facebook. Mega Selection, Mega Savings, Mega Replay. And yes, welcome to The Geek Show. As I said, I'm your host, Corey Wara. If this is your first time here, welcome. It's a show where you take a break from all the politics, all the yelling, all the screaming. Push that all aside. Let's talk about some fun things. Video games, movies, TV shows, technology, a little bit of everything is what you're going to get. If you want to catch up on any of the previous episodes of The Geek Show, just go wherever podcasts are. Just search for The Geek Show. You'll see one that says The Geek Show with Corey Wara. Just click on that and you'll be able to catch up on all previous episodes, including some of the very first original episodes of The Geek Show that are full of cringe because I have yet to to figure out at that point what my radio voice is going to be. But uh, so that's over there just online anywhere podcasts are. But if this is your first time here to the show, welcome. The show is going to be broken down like this. We'll start off with the news of the week. I got some random things. Uh, Deep fakes are entering a new category of scariness for me. Uh, Probably one of the greatest inventions of all time was announced this week. But at the same time, by greatest, I mean the laziest. It's just absolutely brilliant. But at the same time, whew, we are incredibly lazy as gamers and geeks around. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's doing something hilarious, and Microsoft needs your help. We'll get to those in a second here. But then after that, we'll take a break, and we'll come back to the land of movies, the latest in the news uh, in regards to movie news, uh, movie reviews, and what's going out there. But then after that segment, We'll take a break for news and we'll come back to Corey's Tech Corner, the latest and greatest in the technological world. And I have two really important stories that I want to bring up. Uh, they're hacking stories just because they're stories that I don't think are getting real national attention. And I really want people to be aware of it. There was a hacking in regards to Washington, D.C. police and there is a hacking, well, an almost hacking on John Deere. So you're going to want to stick around for that, and then we'll end the show with the top five list of the week. I got trailers, I think all trailers. But for right now, let's get into the news of the week, and let's start off with Jeff Goldblum. So the hottest item right now in the tech world, I mean, everybody's doing it, is podcasts. Podcasts are the hot thing. Well, Jeff Goldblum has partnering up with a group, and this might be the most brilliant idea for a podcast ever because if you don't know jeff goldblum is one of the most bizarre and eccentric people out there he seems like the greatest person ever but he seems like a guy who's always high i know he's not he just has a very different look on life and it's really cool and unique well apparently he is partnering up with the group dark dice and he is going to be playing an actual game of D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, and he's going to be joining this group. His debut will be on May 12th, and this just sounds absolutely awesome. Dungeons and Dragons, uh, I think, is still a pretty geeky thing in the world of geeks, but I feel like it's loosened up a lot uh, in the pa- from the past to now, but and more mainstream. But uh, what makes these so cool? Cause I know a lot of people are like, why the heck would I want to listen to a podcast about it? You have to remember, it's essentially 
a story. You are that's what Dungeons and Dragons is. It's not like super geeky. It's all about telling a story and it's all improv, which is really cool. And that's why people really like listening to Dungeons and Dragons. You don't have to see the characters. You just know in your head and they act and it's really, really cool. And just when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons, you have to the best stories, I would say, are when people think outside of the box. And who is the person that is the definition of thinking outside the box? Jeff Goldblum. So I'm super, super excited to see this. May 12th, he'll be making his debut on Dark Dice. Uh, I really cannot wait to see what he's going to do with that one. Next up, Microsoft. Microsoft wants your help because after 15 years, they are going to retire the font Calibri. Now, this isn't a retire as in it's going to go away forever. They just want to change what their default text is when you open Microsoft Word. So for years, I think it was, uh, yeah, before 2007, it was always Times New Roman. After that, it changed over to Calibri. Now they have five new fonts that they want people to vote on and give their opinion on that will become the next iteration of the default text. So when you open Microsoft Word right now, it's automatically set for you. There are settings in there and the font type is already there. Well, this one, you get to be a part of history in the making because for the next at least 15 years, we're going to be having a new default when it comes to Microsoft. There are five new fonts, Tenorite, Beerstat, Skeen, Seaford, and Grandview. I know a lot of people are very disappointed that there is no Fonty McFontface because that seems to be the winner of every online poll where they ask for people's help. But I think this is really cool. Uh, if you're interested, you can go to the Microsoft, uh, just search for the Microsoft uh default font in office and you'll be able to find it they have a blog posting on it and they show examples of it i think it's kind of cool uh my, my real question with these things are do these companies already know who they want to win and that's going to be the winner or are they actually like legitimately going to listen to people's opinions i don't know we'll have to wait on that one next up okay this one is just the greatest thing of all time and by the greatest thing of all time the laziest thing of all time but it's so awesome there is a kickstarter right now for a company called snack tv and it is uh for 19 dollars. is it 19 dollars? yeah 19 dollars. although for extra four dollars you can get a carrying case they have built a finger worn chopstick now i'm gonna attempt to <laughs> describe this for you it is very hard to explain but uh, imagine you have two inc two normal chopsticks, right? Uh, imagine those cut in the size of in half, so it's that small. But you are able to, because it's connected to a device, you can put it between your fingers, and then it's basically like an extension of your fingers. So if you're working on the computer, ah, I, I got a bowl of Cheetos over here. I don't want to get my fingers all Cheeto-fied. So I'm going to take my hand off, use the chopsticks that are already on there, and eat snacks that way. So it's the next evolution of snack eating, and I think it's outstanding. But at the same time, where are we going as society where we need to build a device so that I don't have to wipe my hands of Cheeto powder when I'm working on the computer or gaming? Uh, obviously, I think most gaming situations, you wouldn't have to worry about it, except for uh, at least the PlayStation 5 I think Xbox might too have white controllers and I do not want to get any cheese powder on the uh, controller. But at the same time, 
let's be real. The cheese powder on the fingers, that's the best part of Cheetos. So, I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted. Do I want this thing or not? If you want, it's called Snackify. And S-N-A-C-T-I-V. They started their Kickstarter for $20,000, and it doubled already. You can already order it, and I'll just be very curious to see. In all honesty, I... <sighs> I think this is actually kind of brilliant because it is it can get annoying when you're working on the computer or working on a paper late at night and you're like, ah, I need to eat something. But at the same time, I'm going to get my hands mess and now my computer is a mess. But yeah, I don't know. I'll just be very curious to see. Uh, next up, would you pay $30, $30 a month? I want you to think about that. $30 a month for a faster web browser that eats less of your battery. There is a startup company called Mighty, and they have an idea. It's a $30 a month web browser that lives in the cloud. So instead of your own physical computer interacting with the website, you stream a remote web browser to your device. So if I'm on my computer, I'll press uh, like Google Chrome. I'll click Google Chrome and I'm getting the internet through my computer. But if I click this new version by Mighty, I will be getting the browser from the cloud so I don't interact with my internet at all. My only question with this, I mean, it sounds cool. Sure, it might be a cheap way to get faster uh, internet access for when you're working at home or if you're doing things via your phone or your iPad or your tablet uh, or laptops even. But I can't get over the $30 a month for faster web service because that's a lot of money. I mean, when you really think about it, I think Disney Plus is, what, $15 a month? Netflix is less than that. HBO Max is less than that. I just don't see how $30 a month is going to get people to want faster web browsers. Especially when, I mean, I'm not ha personally having any issues with my internet. I have the basic plan, but I've never had an instance where I'm like, oh man, I wish I could pay $30 for faster web browsing. And then on top of it, uh, the privacy concerns just worry me because you are not having that web browser on your computer. Everything you look up will be streamed from a server somewhere in the world. And I'm just curious what they're going to do with that information. So it's a very interesting one. Uh, will this startup company, Mighty, uh, are, are they on to a good idea? I don't know. Uh, this has been tried before in the past. Uh, there were some companies, Shadow, for 12 to $15 a month, and there was another one for $5 a month. So this might be dead on arrival, but uh, I'll be very, very curious to see. Uh, what happens with that. And finally, this one, I won't go into too much detail, but it's a very interesting thing that I, in all honesty, didn't think about. Uh, deep fakes. Deep fakes are a thing we talked about, uh, I think, at least two years ago, in which people were taking images of celebrities' faces and putting them onto videos, some adult videos, some non-adult videos, and it's scary how real it looks. It really makes the person look like that person, like Scarlett Johansson or something. Well, geographers are coming out and they're saying, we are very concerned about something, and I never thought about this. They're talking about deep fake satellite imagery. So they're talking about the ability to take like satellite images and using AI to make them look legit but not real. So what 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 are the worst case scenarios with this? Well, let's say like China has a prison camp where they are doing horrible things to people. Well, 
with a deep fake, they could post images and say, look, see, there's nothing out there, when in reality, there is. And they're just very worried. Even the U.S. military has been warned about the very prospect of using fake imagery to trick people into thinking things are there or things aren't there. You could essentially, I mean, this is worst case scenario times a thousand, uh, you could essentially create a fake war. I know there's a movie out there about that. Uh, I can't remember on the top of my head, but it, it's just very concerning. There's a lot of things very concerning with deep fakes and a lot of things I don't think we fully thought of yet of what this could impact. So I'll be curious to see as we move forward how we're going to combat these things and maybe protect ourselves a little better. So with that, you guys, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to go over the movie news of the week, including a new Captain America movie? But I thought we were done. This is The Geek Show on 1470 and 100.3 WMBD. Welcome back to The Geek Show. I'm your host, Corey Wara. Let's head on down to the land of movies, TV shows, and the world of streaming. And let's start off with the controversial topic of the week. Film people all over the country are fighting each other over Citizen Kane. So Rotten Tomatoes is a website that I frequently visit just to have a general idea on how a movie is doing. They rate movies based in their tome, the tomato meter. Tomato? Isn't that from Cars? Tomato meter. And uh, basically, the higher the percentage point it is, the better the movie is, according to critics and uh, people who've seen it. Well, for years now, in fact, I think since Rotten Tomatoes' creation, Citizen Kane has been number one at 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, the world of film is fighting right now because after 80 years, a negative review was discovered and it was officially published by a, I believe it was a newspaper, but yeah, the Chicago Tribune, in fact, and it was given, it was uh, submitted to Rotten Tomatoes and accepted because it was an actual review for the movie when it originally came out, and it was a negative review, and this caused Citizen Kane to fall from the uh, ivory tower that he was in at 100%. He is now at 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. And we have a new leader as the best movie for Rotten Tomatoes. Any guesses? No, you're not. It's Paddington 2. Yes, the movie about a bear living in the world of humans is the number one movie at 100% fresh on Rotten Tomato. Now, obviously, there are other movies that are at 100%, but it's due to all of the critics' reviews and their algorithm that they came out with this. But it's causing a lot of controversy because people are like, wait a second, Citizen Kane's been there the whole time. Don't just let this one review ruin this movie as the best of the best. And some people are for it. Some people are against it. I don't know where you stand. I, in all honesty, I don't care either way. I think Citizen Kane is an absolutely beautiful film. I really did enjoy it. But uh, I have not seen Paddington 1 or 2. Everybody says it's the best thing ever. I just always made fun of it because it's literally about a bear living in a world with humans. But apparently... It's really good, so maybe this will be my excuse to finally force myself to watch it. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people very, very upset about Citizen Kane no longer being the, quote, number one movie. But let's get into some little tidbits of the week, then we'll take a break. Flintstones, they have announced Warner Brothers Animation has announced that they're working on a sequel series to Flintstones. It will star Elizabeth Banks as the main character. She will be voicing Pebbles. It will take place 20 years after the event 
of the original series. Uh, that's pretty much all we got, but uh, I don't know. I'm really at the end of my rope with uh, remakes and extensions and all of that. I just want some new stuff. Is that? Am I asking too much? I might be asking too much. I mean, there are some cases where I like going back and revisiting things, but... Flintstones? Do we need another series about the Flintstones? I don't know. Marvel announced this week that they are working on a fourth Captain America movie. And I know what you're thinking. Wait a second, Corey. Captain America? But did you see the last Avengers movie? Yes, but I'm not going to spoil anything. But all I ask to those people are, have you seen Falcon and Winter Soldier, the series on Disney Plus that just wrapped up? If you watch the last episode, you will have a clear idea on where they are going to go with the next Captain America movie. And speaking of Falcon and Winter Soldier, I absolutely loved that series. It wrapped up last week. It is really, really, really good. Like, I even watched, I liked it more than WandaVision, and WandaVision was fantastic for its bizarreness, but this series was just like a longer Marvel movie, and it was really good. The first two episodes, I, I, I threw up the flag of caution just because I was worried about where the story was going to go. Uh, it just seemed a little generic, but then it finally opened up, and it got really, really good. And if you are a fan of the Marvel series and the Marvel movies, it's one that you will definitely want to watch before the next uh, superhero film that comes out in theaters because there's a connection to it, and it's just really, really good. Uh, continuing on, Thor, Love and Thunder. During a recent interview, Australian actor Russell Crowe revealed that he is playing Zeus in the next Thor movie. Indiana Jones has announced uh, over at Disney that they are going to start casting people for their movie. Thomas Kretschmann is the first to be cast. Uh, obviously, we'll get all the original actors back, but this is supposed to be the official send-off for the next iteration of Indiana Jones after what many claimed to be uh, a pretty big failure was uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. No word yet on if Spielberg is going to be coming back. Uh, next up, Whoopi Goldberg announced in a recent interview with Variety that she is working and writing on a superhero movie about an older black woman who acquires new powers and has to learn how to use them. I think that's awesome. I think it's been forever since I've seen a movie with Whoopi Goldberg, but she's a fantastic actress. So I'll be curious to see what they do with that. Uh, in a sign of good when it comes to movies, Escape Room 2 will release six months earlier than expected it was going to release next year but it is now coming out on july 22nd which is good signs because it means that they're going to be releasing movies in theaters and that maybe people will go back to theaters to start watching them i am a big fan or no i should say i'm not a big fan of cheesy horror films i get why people love it this is definitely one of those but there is just something about this movie that i love i don't know if it's just my love for puzzles but escape room is a really good movie so if you get the chance i i highly recommend it uh fantasy island 2 rosalind sanchez has joined the cast of fox's upcoming fantasy island reboot she will be a direct descendant of ricardo montabon i i can't pronounce that guy's name from the original series uh she will set aside her own ambitions and even the love of her life to uphold her family's legacy. Sophisticated, insightful, and always charming, uh, that she will assume the steward of this mysterious island. And finally, uh, in a movie that I think everyone's been dying for news and have been craving for more information, one of the biggest successful movies of all time, I'm joking, uh, Jason Statham announced that they are working and currently filming uh, The Meg 2. Yes, the giant 
mega monster in the ocean is coming back and maybe there'll be two of them maybe there'll be an even bigger one i don't know i just i find that movie hilarious and i'm not the biggest fan of jason statham but hey it made a lot of money enough to warrant a sequel so i'll be curious to see where they go with that and with that you guys we're going to take a break when we get back we'll go over Corey's tech quarter Welcome back to The Geek Show. I'm your host, Corey Wara. Let's head on down to the land of technology as we go over to Corey's Tech Corner, the latest and greatest in the technological world. And okay, let's be real. These are more heavier stories because here's the thing. There are a lot of stories recently that I don't think are getting enough attention. Now, I hate using the word mainstream media because I think that that whole meaning behind it is dumb. But uh, I just feel like these are stories that are not getting national attention. And I wanted to bring it to everyone's attention because I think it's pretty important important i have two hacking ones i want to get to and if we have time i got to cover a, a couple other small more lighter things to go over but this one's pretty big hackers have threatened to release dc police's data in an apparent ransomware attack the attack is believed to be the work of babook which is one of the worst names seriously all hackers and just organizations like this have the worst names of all time babook a group known for their ransomware attacks uh, the gang has already released screenshots of a 250 gigabyte worth of data that it allegedly stolen. One of the files is claimed to relate to arrests made following the January Capitol riots. The group warns that it will start leaking information about police informants to criminal gangs if the police department doesn't contact them within three days. First, that's horrifying to think that police informants who are out there putting their lives on the line to uh, get arrest some bad people are going to be threatened by these hackers but on top of all of this is that it showcases what's going on in the tech world and the government the uh software that the police use are old software and systems that are used by police forces around the country are believed to make them more vulnerable to such attacks because of this and it's a catch-22 when it comes to hacking because if you pay the ransom they're going to give you the information back and you'll be fine, but they know that they can come back and get more money out of you later. So, and then if you don't pay them, then your information's leaked, but you might be able to stop the hacking from happening again. But this just goes to the broader issue, which is our security. We have a huge problem with cybersecurity right now, not only on a federal level, where according to the Justice Department, we had 26 agencies are believed to have been hit by ransomware attacks this year alone, with 16 of those seeing their data released online. The Justice Department reports that the average ransom demand has grown to over $100,000 as the attacks surged during the pandemic. Now, this is something we should all be very concerned about, and not only on the federal level, but also on the local level. I've talked about stories just recently, last week, I believe, there were more cases of water treatment facilities being hacked in, and it costs money to protect yourselves when it comes to cybersecurity. And what is it that local community are always in need of more money so you have to make cuts somewhere and i'm just very concerned and very worried that these cuts may happen in regards to security when really we should be pumping that up so hard we should be a brick wall of cybersecurity to stop people from trying to affect us but it just seems like we're behind so maybe the biden administration will do something i just hope that they will act quicker rather than typical politics which is 
I'm going to say something, and then we'll wait like four or five years later. Next up, in the same world of hacking, but a little bit different, there is a uh, group of people out there called white hat hackers. Those are basically, they're good guy hackers. They test vulnerabilities on websites and apps, and if they find anything, they let companies know. But this one's very, very weird and uh, kind of annoys me a bit, just because I hate it when companies lie to people. So a pair of bugs in the John Deere app and website could have allowed hackers to find and download the personal data of all owners of the company's farming vehicle and equipment, according to a security researcher who found the vulnerabilities. There were no evidence that the hackers exploited these flaws, the researcher said, but he reported them to John Deere on April 12th and 13th of this year. The company fixed one of the bugs three days later, and then a week later, they fixed the second bug. Before the bugs, uh, before the fixes, the vulnerabilities, if exploited, could have exposed the personal data about John Deere customers, including their physical address and even tracking them uh, via, you know, the GPS that's in the system. But this is the part that, that just really gets weird for me. So they reached out to John Deere, and John Deere uh, responded to them, this uh, organization. I think I got this from Motherboard. Okay, first I'll just read it, and then we'll get to it. We were recently made aware of two code misconfigurations in separate online applications. Okay, first of all, whew, step one. Who in their right mind talks like that? that? That's clearly an attempt to make them sound like they know what they're talking about when they really don't. Seriously, who says we recently were made aware of two code misconfigurations in separate online applications? I'm sorry, but if you're going to respond to a hacking story, uh, you shouldn't use that because it's clearly just jargon to kind of confuse you and make it sound like they're talking about these important things when it's really not that big of a deal. They should have just said... We were aware that there were two exploits to our website and our app where people were able to access information. We have thus uh, stopped it, and we appreciate and, and thank the researcher who found them. But no, they continued. We immediately investigated the misconfigurations, and they were remedied. Neither misconfiguration enabled access to consumer accounts, dealer accounts, or sensitive private information. But this is the part that really annoys me because I do not like companies that lie to people. And this one's a big one. Why would they go out of their way to say, no, this researcher's wrong. You didn't have access to consumer accounts, dealer accounts, or sensitive personal information. The researcher, in fact, showed the company, the, I think it was Motherboard who wrote this article, he showed them the private information. He said, I don't understand why they would lie about it because it's right here. The fact that they're trying to discredit him shows to him how incompetent they are. And I kind of agree. Why would you, in the world would you lie about it when it's pretty easy to prove it? I, I feel like a company should just come out and say, yeah, hey, look, there were vulnerabilities. Uh, thank you very much to this researcher. We have fixed them. We always appreciate people who are keeping an eye out for the John Deere company and the John Deere brand. Boom, done, easy. But no, they had to go around and lie about it. And that's what's really annoying to me because I feel like that's a pretty big deal. Uh, there are a lot of farming equipment out there. And I don't think farmers want to get their information stolen and then being attacked via that way. So I don't know. It's just a very weird story. And I'm going to keep an eye. And if there's any updates, I'll let you know. But maybe this will be their kick in the butt to maybe start protecting themselves. But as always, you got to protect yourself when you're out there, because obviously, in some cases, 
companies aren't always keeping the best interest in mind when it comes to your private information. And that one's pretty big, especially the line part. I just can't get over that. All right, we only have a minute left, so I'm going to quickly go over these. Uh, Reddit is currently being sued, and I'm probably going to talk about this more in depth next week because it's going to affect the dreaded Section 230. It's a very interesting case about a 16-year-old who is accusing her boyfriend of posting inappropriate pictures of her on Reddit and Reddit's refusal to take them down or lack thereof anything in regards to taking them down uh facebook announced that it's building its own in-app podcast player not a surprising at all because it seems like podcasts are the hot ticket item right now in the tech world and i have a feeling we'll be seeing a lot more of that spread especially after apple announced subscription services followed by spotify who announced subscription services for podcasts as well and finally in one of the weirdest moves i've ever heard twitter is attempting or letting people try to let people tip money to people for their tweets online. I'm not joking. Uh, soon on Twitter, you might see a little button where you can donate money to a person based on a tweet. I think that's weird and bizarre. I don't know who would spend money on that. It, and I really think the only people that will get advantage out of that is politicians, because they'll post something and then say, ah, hey, click donate, and all that money will go to our campaign. Really, really weird. But with that, you guys, we're going to take a break. When we get back, let's go over the top five list of the week. Welcome back to The Geek Show. I'm your host, Corey Wara. The Geek Show is brought to you by Mega Replay, Peoria's best place to buy, sell, and trade movies, music, video games, video game systems, and electronics. You can visit them at the Metro Center or on Facebook. Mega Selection, Mega Savings, Mega Replay. And yes, welcome back to The Geek Show. It's the last segment of the show. I know, I know, I'm sad too. But we'll end with a great segment here and this one is the top five list of the week the top five most important pieces of audio that i think you should be aware of we have let's see one two three four trailers and a kind of viral video more of a uh somebody made a mistake and i want to correct it with this piece of audio i'll explain it in a second here but let's let's just go straight to it where do we start in a top five list Number five. Number five. Number five goes to a documentary that I didn't even know happened in history, and I am so excited to see it. And on top of it, it's coming out on my birthday. This is Summer of Soul. As soon as you move down, we can start. Welcome to the Harlem Culture Festival. Here in the Harlem Harlem. You will not be able to stay home, brother. Yeah, so that was the trailer for Summer of Soul. It's coming out on July 5th to Hulu and to theaters. It's a part music film, part historical record created about around an event that celebrated black history, culture, and fashion. What's really cool, though, is that this happened during the same time as Woodstock, same summer and everything, and you don't really hear about this event. So I'm really excited to kind of see the history of it. I know when I first started working here, what, five or six years ago now, uh, I didn't 
didn't really have an appreciation for music, but after working with the Morning Guys, Greg Bat and Dan DiOrio, I've gained a huge appreciation for music and the history of it, and this one has me very excited to see what's going to come out of it. And on top of all of that, what's really cool is that this is the directorial debut of Questlove. Questlove, obviously, with The Roots, has been in music for a long time, and I'm really excited to see this. Lin-Manuel Miranda's also a producer, and Chris Rock's a producer, and they're going to be voicing in it, too. So I'm super excited for that to come out. It's coming to theaters and on Hulu, so you have to have a subscription on July 2nd. Number four. Number four. Okay, here we go. So the craziness and really boringness that was the Oscars happened last week. And guess what happened? At the very end, it was very weird. They had the Best Actor Award, and it was clearly set up because they thought that Chadwick Boseman was going to win the award. Because I think... Uh, regardless of performance, I believe it's a history of Oscars that if an, uh, an actor has passed away that they typically win an Oscar for that role they were nominated for. But to everyone's surprise, Chadwick Boseman did not actually win and it was Anthony Hopkins, but we didn't get a, a speech from him because I don't know if it had to do with COVID or maybe because he really honestly didn't think he was going to win. But uh, I think, I believe, now don't quote me on this one, I think I read this online that he, he's now the oldest person to ever win an Oscar, but he did the next day release a video and I wanted to play it. Uh, good morning. Well, here I am in my homeland in Wales and at 83 years of age I did not expect to get this award. I really didn't. And um very grateful to the Academy and thank you and I want to pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman who's taken from us far too early and again thank you all very much <laughs> I really did not expect this so I feel very privileged and honored thank you yeah, so super cool that he won that. Uh, I haven't seen the movie that he was nominated for, but I've heard great things about it. Anthony Hopkins is a phenomenal actor. Like, I mean, go back to Silence of the Lambs, but I love him on the show uh, Westworld on HBO. Really, really good. And he's such a goofy guy. If you ever get the chance, uh, go on Twitter and look up Anthony Hopkins videos that he makes. It's just it's literally like TikTok style videos of him just being a goofy guy. It's really, really cool. Uh, congrats to him. And uh, I don't know what the heck that Oscars was this year, but uh, maybe next year they'll do something different or maybe they'll just not go with it anymore. Although with nine million people, that's still a lot of people watching. So we'll have to wait and see. Number three. Number three. Number three, speaking of the Oscars, goes to a trailer that debuted during the Oscars. And while we don't get a lot to it, I know that this movie uh, is close to a lot of people, and I personally have not seen it, but I am really, really in love with the cinematography. This is Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Yeah, that's all I'm playing because the rest of it is, once again, just music. But 
the audio doesn't do enough justice for this trailer. I highly recommend if you have any interest in it, just look it up online. The cinematography is like jaw-droppingly gorgeous. I really love cinematography, by the way. It's basically the look of the movie and the camera, how it moves around and how uh, it chooses its shots wherever it's at. And uh, it, it just looks really, really good. I really like period pieces, but this one just has a pop to it. I've personally never seen West Side Story. I know a lot of people love the movie. A lot of people love the musical. So I'm very curious to see it. I like musicals. I'll be very curious to see how this movie does. Uh, I love, I, I think it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm curious if it's going to be called actually Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. But everywhere I've seen, they've labeled the movie Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. It's like, I don't think you need to attach a world famous director to it. I think just West Side Story is enough to get people uh, to go see it. But we'll have to wait because it is coming out to theaters on December 10th of this year. So we'll have to wait a bit. Number two. Number two. Number two goes to a movie trailer that you can see. Well, the movie itself you can see right now. It's one that I really, really just, I want it to be good. It looks hilarious, random, and weird. And that's just me in a nutshell. This is The Mitchells versus The Machines. Let me introduce myself. I'm Katie. I'm sort of a weirdo. My parents haven't figured me out yet. To be fair, it took me a while to figure myself out. My brother also. So weird. Hi, would you like to talk to me about dinosaurs? No. Okay, thank you. And my mom. Katie face cupcakes. Ah! All of us, really. How about we put our phones down and we can make 10 seconds of unobstructed family eye contact. Starting now. See, this is good right here. This is natural. Every family has its challenges. We haven't had a good family picture in years because you two are always arguing. For my family, our greatest challenge... Probably the robot apocalypse. So yeah, that is the trailer for The Mitchells versus The Machines. And if you follow The Geek Show, you know I love animated films. This one looks absolutely gorgeous. It's made in the same animation style as Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse that I think is one of the best animated films of all time. And this one is just my perfect sense of humor. Like if you could take what I find funny and what I try to make sound funny, this is just a representation of me. And that's why I really like this movie but what's really cool is that you can watch it right now it is on netflix right now for everyone to watch it's the mitchells versus the machine go check it out here's number one number one number one goes to a trailer that in all honesty i was super cynical about i was like oh it's gonna be one of these cheesy movies but i gotta give it to him i actually was won over by it and i have a feeling i'll be crying my eyes out by the end of this movie this is the trailer for here today are you doing anything right now? No. Want some laughs? Come on, please. Smile, girl. Smile. Marilyn Monroe from The Seven Year Itch. Mm. I'd be itching too if I had hot subway air blowing up my... Doctor, thanks for seeing me so late. How's the writing going? It's all of these young kids. In the tradition of George Carlin and Richard Pryor... Somebody's got to talk to Roger about his inflections. Come on. Sub-peanut. What, what is that? A very small peanut? Are you doing what we talked about? I try not to vary my routine. You have medicines to help you. I was backed up for like eight days. And you can always give yourself an enema. I'm saving that for my birthday. Yeah, so that is the trailer for Here Today. It stars Billy Crystal and Tiffany Haddish in a film that, like I said, I really just something about it hit me i don't know if it's 
Billy Crystal himself. He seems like a like the person he is on screen is who he is, just a really nice guy who's trying to have fun and do something good. And this movie, in fact, is even directed by Billy Crystal. It's coming out to theaters only. I think one of the very first movies that will be in theaters only on May 7th and Wow, seriously, it just it hits you in the gut about a comedy writer who probably is going to have some sort of dementia that's coming along and he wants to finish his book and have a few laughs before that happens. Ugh. Nothing hits the heartstrings more than that. But with that, you guys, that is it. That is the Geek Show for the week. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. As always, do something good. Do something great. You're never alone in this big, big, vast world. Peoria, wherever you are, there is a huge geek community around you. And remember to keep an eye out for each other, especially in these weird times that we're in. We need to watch each other up, lift each other up and do good. Have a fantastic weekend. This is The Geek Show on 1470 and 100.3 WMBD.